bonus brought it to him. Welcome back to the All Pacers Pod, a podcast for Pacer fans by Pacer fans. I'm your host, Jack, and I'm joined by Sal as always. Sal, how's it going? We're back, baby. Excited for the new season, new podcast, and Pacers basketball is better than ever. Yeah, we're rebranding. Um, we're kind of cutting off all the fat of what the podcast had turned into and going back to the basics where our joy was at originally and just want to have fun with this podcast like we used to. And, you know, it's the perfect time right now. Pacers are a ton of fun. Halliburton's a superstar that you and we've talked about this similarly with Oladipo in the past. But I'm going to say it. Halliburton is a superstar that we can be excited about for years to come. And it's just a fun team right now that we love watching. So, Sal, how's everything been going since the last podcast we did? I know you have been on all Pacers on Instagram active, 5,000 followers or just about. So I know things are going well there. Yeah, no, it's been it's been great. I've been uh, posting consistently still, even though the podcast hasn't been up. Um, figured it would be a good time to get back into the swing of things for podcasting since um, it's honestly a good time to be a Pacers fan right now. Halliburton's only 23 years old. He's putting up some all-NBA like first-team numbers right now. I believe he's actually 7th or 6th in the MVP tracker right now, so that's always exciting. Um, and... Uh, yeah, honestly, I'm just excited to be back. Yeah, well, uh, let's go ahead and get into things. Let's talk about some news and rumors. Um, there's not much, but we are 10 games into the season, so I thought we would just kind of recap that, um, talk about how we're feeling as far as the season goes. Later on in the podcast, we're going to do a couple of trade rumors because this wouldn't be an all-pacers pod without some trade rumors. Actually, not rumors, sorry. Yes, rumors, but I came up with five mock trades that we'll talk about, and that would be a weird podcast, an all-Pacers podcast, if we didn't have that. So I, I, I came prepared, and then we're going to be ranking our Pacers like we like to do on the current roster. Um, Sal, we'll talk more about that as far as rules go when we get to that point, um, mm -hmm. but I feel like we've done this enough where that's going to be a fun segment. But let's go ahead and talk about this season as a whole. <clears throat> Excuse me, we're 10 games in. Pacers are currently fourth in the East at 6-4. and four. We are first in points per game at 126. I wanted to look historically and see where that ranks as far as like a full season. I would bet that's pretty high because the Pacers are just scoring in bunches. But we're, at, at the moment, the third worst in points allowed per game at 123.1. The story of this season, as far as I'm concerned, has been we can score in bunches. We have shooting. Halliburton's making everyone better. We saw that last year. It's even at a higher level now this year. But our defense is bad. And I don't know how you feel, but there's a lot of things about this team where I feel like we could, you know, combine players, swap them for defensive-minded players, or switch some players in and out uh, on, like, a more simple scale. But uh, as for now, let's just talk about this team, like I said, first in points per game, third worst in points allowed per game. What are you noticing this season? Yeah, like you said, I feel like the team's all offense and no defense right now. Um, I know Miles Turner has been continuously thought of as a defensive guy. I still have my um, my criticisms for uh, Turner. I still think he's you know a little soft around the edges. Uh, sure, he can get some blocks, but as we saw against the uh, Sixers in our most recent uh, game, that he just really can't contain Embiid. And if we want to be serious about winning games and competing in the East, the Sixers are a team that you're going to have to go through. And if Miles Turner is guarding Embiid, there's really no situation where I'd think we'd win that series. So if we're relying on Turner to be our defensive anchor and he can't really do that, it's, um, you know, it's a tough situation. I think um, a lot of our wings that we have are great quality players. And I think we have one of the best benches in the league, if not the best bench in the league. So there's minor improvements we can make. I'm, I'm hoping we make a couple moves at the deadline to grab some more defensive pieces. But there are players in the roster that don't necessarily get minutes that I think could help us with that um, defensive issue. Um, and of course, I'm talking about our rookie that doesn't play, um, Jairus Walker. 
um, I guess I'll go on a tangent here and I'll keep going because go for it. I think that Obi Toppin, while he's a great player and I'm excited to have him in Indiana, I just don't really see him being the starter next to Miles Turner. I don't think that works. And I think we've seen over the years of Turner being our big man that having a four next to Turner that can't really play defense doesn't really work. Um, Jairus Walker is probably our second best defender after Turner, and he does hasn't even played real NBA minutes um, this season. But um, we've also seen that Jairus Walker has a really good passing ability, um, which is kind of underrated in his game that people don't really talk about very often. But sliding him in next to Turner, I think, would be the most immediate um, thing. It might take a few games to gel him in there and get him ready, but um, that's what I'd like to see. Um, yeah, that I mean, that has to be the the goal of this season, or one of the goals is to get Jairus Walker more involved, and that's probably going to be in the starting lineup, right? I mean, we spent a, what, sixth overall pick on him? And, yeah. Or, yeah, There's six, a, right? Yeah, we had seven, and then we traded to eight, but seven technically and we it was seven, yeah. For, with Koulibaly yeah. to the Wizards, yes. Uh, I don't know if we talked about that on this podcast. I don't think we did, but no, uh, didn't, crazy, no. crazy trade. Love that. Love that the Pacers... We're gonna take Jairus Walker, and yeah. they looked Got at the Wizards couple, who were picked uh, seconds behind them. out of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, why would the Wizards do that? Maybe. Fun fact: Bilal Koulibaly is exactly one day older than me. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. That's he fun. is one day older than me, so it's really weird. Actually, it's quite weird to think about. But um, even Bilal Koulibaly's getting 28 minutes a game on the Wizards right now, so um, he's been pretty good. So I think we should get Jairus in the rotation. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he has looked good in his few minutes. I, I think game one, he played a little bit um, and against the Wizards and didn't look great, but was just kind of like forced in there and just throwing up bricks. But yeah, he's looked good since in his few minutes that he's gotten to play. Um, I'm with you on Jairus Walker. One of the like things that I've liked this season is the Isaiah Jackson and Jalen Smith minutes. Um, I've liked Jaylen it more. Jalen Smith's been great. Jalen Smith has been great. Yeah, and I have some stats to back that up here in a minute too, but love Isaiah Jackson. I I haven't like been as big of a fan of him as you as you have in the past. Um but like I'm getting to that point where where we could just start him at center and he does minus the shooting what Turner can do in a lot of ways for cheaper and maybe we can figure out how to make that work because to me it kind of feels like he's a little bit better of a defender at this point. That could be completely wrong. Hot I've take, had eight hot years. Take, I've had a, I've had eight years of watching Miles Turner, uh, and I don't know. I just at this I point, swear I'm like, let's it just feels try like someone he's else. become more. It feels like he's become more offensively orientated than a defensive big man. I feel like and, he's kind of lost that reputation of being the guy who's protecting the tin. I, yeah. I don't know if that's something that I've just noticed, but like I don't really think that a lot of people are scared going up on Miles Turner anymore. Um, and also, he's like he seems kind of like small in comparison to most of the people that are matched up against him. Like even Mark Williams was just absolutely dogging him earlier when we played the Hornets, and it's like this this type of stuff that you just can't let slide. Yeah, the perfect example of how it could work for me right now is Minnesota who's looking great at the moment but they have Nas Reed or Carl Anthony Towns who kind of are those Miles Turner types of uh, step out shoot the three and Miles Turner is a better example of protecting the paint in his own certain way which is just blocking shots but when they're out there with Rudy Gobert they have that defensive helper and he's been really good this year um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think if we could figure out a way to get something like that for the Pacers, then maybe that's the answer with Miles Turner because, like yeah. you said, he has been great uh, offensively um, this year and even last year, and since, last Miles, year yeah. since Halliburton's come in. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, probably give a lot of that credit to Halliburton for making his teammates better, which, as a Pacer fan, gets me excited for the future because, you know, when you watch, like, the Nuggets, Jokic makes every one of his teammates better, boosts all of – uh, their value and potential um, when he's on the court with them. And Halliburton, we're seeing that in the same way. Miles Turner averaged 18 points a game last year. He's at yeah, 20 yeah. points per game this year, something like mm -hmm. that. And that has never been the case for Miles. He is getting older and like hitting his peak. So 
or his yeah. prime, his prime. So who knows? Maybe that's just the case. But Halliburton definitely helps with that. But yeah, I mean, defensively, it does seem like he's fallen off. Yeah, he's taking a bit of a step so back, and maybe we have to see him in more of a four-man role if we want to bulk up the big man. Because I don't know if he's like our. He's definitely not a big man that we can run at center and say that we're competing. Um, I mean, like if you're running Miles Turner and Obi Toppin, both bigs that don't really get rebounds, like you're going to get like screwed in the paint with the offensive rebounds and all that kind of stuff. Like, honestly, I'd like to see Jalen Smith slide in at the four right now. I think he's going to gobble up way more rebounds than Obi is or Jarris. But um, maybe we move Miles to the four. I'm not sure. Like, I haven't watched enough of Miles Turner on the perimeter to determine if he's like someone that can play the four but like even getting just like a a bigger body to run two bigs with um could be an interesting thing maybe turn miles turner more into like a carl anthony towns as you were saying earlier he could probably like slide into a similar role that carl anthony is doing in um in minnesota and uh, we've seen that minnesota's like seven and two or something right now like they're pretty good um I mean, part of that's having Anthony Edwards, but I mean, we have Tyrese Halliburton not too far off at this point. Um, of course, I mean, I people mean, are higher on Anthony Edwards, but they're two different types of players. So there's a star in each in each team. Well, one's efficient and gets his teammates involved, and one is inefficient but still a great scorer. So I mean, yeah. who would you rather have, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's a discussion to have. <laughs> Love Anthony Edwards. I'm just. He's on my fantasy team, that. so that's my boy. I'm going to support Anthony Edwards. Right on. I mean, he's hard to not like. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so Miles is averaging 18 a game. Look, we're already talking about Miles Turner, and yeah, it's going to end up Yeah, what's an all Pacers podcast without talking about uh, Miles Turner as a Pacer? I mean, I yeah, feel like when that's we, a topic every single time. <laughs> when we revisit our 50 greatest Pacers of all time, I mean, he's moving up the list quickly. Like, he has to be top yeah. 20 at this point. Yeah, for sure. So, n- no disrespect just questioning if he's the answer at center going forward or if we need to put someone next to him to uh, help him out. Well, I think it's a valid question because if he's a guy that's priding himself on his defense and we are probably like one of the worst teams in the league right now on defense, um, that's something that you've got to question. He's got to be the scapegoat if he's the guy that's... um, wanting to pride himself on defense. I mean, we don't really have like a solid wing defender, like someone that's going to stop a Giannis or anything like that. I mean, like I said, the closest thing that we'd have to that would probably be Jairus Walker. But um, at this point, we don't really have like Benedict Matherin. He's been a lot better on defense this season for sure. And Bruce Brown, he's a great defender, but he's more of a guard defender. Um, So it's like... Benedict Matherin isn't an elite defender and can't really rely on Aaron Neesmith. Actually, that's a name that's uh, a, g- a better defender. Um, but besides from them, like those aren't guys that you're a little scared of, you know? No, definitely not. Um, let's give Miles Turner a bit of a break um, and move on to some of these stat leaders that I want to talk about. Um, so let's just go ahead. We've already talked about how great Halliburton has been this year. And if you've watched any Pacer game, like it's so obvious to tell that he's oftentimes the best player on the court for either team. He's just having one of those types of years. But right now he's first in the NBA in assists at 12.2. I believe he was top three last year in assists um, per game in the NBA. I, I can't remember exactly where he ranked. He might have been he's first. Sec- he's second after Harden, I think. That's what it was. Okay, so this year he's sitting at first at 12.2. He's 19th in points per game at 23.8, which kind of did surprise me. Um, when I watch him play, I don't think, oh, this is a 24-point score. Um, I guess he's had some big games, and we'll talk about those too. But, yeah, still 19th in points per game. Cool to see. And then uh, he's fourth in player efficiency rating, which I buy into a lot. It's uh, 15. If you have a 15-player efficiency rating, that's like the average NBA player. When you get to, like, 25 and up, those are like your star players. So to have someone at 28 and a half on our team right now, that's crazy. Um, and yeah, so that's him in assists. Like I said, first 19th in points, fourth in PER. Miles right now is 12th in blocks per game at 1.8. 
your boy Neesmith, who I know you're going to want to talk about too on this podcast later, but he's 13th in three-point percentage right now at 48.9%. Buddy Heald was up there, but the past two games he's uh, shot really poorly from three, and I've bet four-plus threes in both of those games for Buddy, and he's missed both of those, so shout out. If you want to make money gambling, listen to the listen to what I say as far as my bets goes and just do the opposite. It's easy money. And then uh, right now, Jalen Smith is sitting at first in the NBA in effective field goal percentage. So super efficient. And, I mean, when you watch Jalen Smith play, it makes sense. He's active around the rim, gets putbacks, rolls when he needs to, and can shoot too. All right, so let's move on to the biggest piece of news right now for the Pacers, which is Daniel Tice rumors. There was a story coming out that Miles, so or sorry, Mason Plumley went down for the Clippers. So now the Clippers are looking for a backup big man to back up Zubach because they really don't have anybody um, to give backup center minutes now that Plumley's down. So apparently Daniel Tice is the answer for them and that's who they're interested in he's only I mean he's 31 I said he's only 31 I guess I'm getting old that's old for the NBA but he's 31 doesn't play is frustrated about it has talked about his frustrations for not playing and now the Clippers are interested in him for whatever reason I'm, I'm not a good salesman for Daniel Tice but you know what does that sound like for you? When I watch him play, I, I don't think it looks like, or when I watch him on the bench, I guess, it doesn't seem like he's frustrated. Um, he's handled himself well. I remember your guy, Kyle O'Quinn, when he was on the Pacers and wanted out, he wouldn't even stand with the team during timeouts. He would go off to the side. So at least we're not seeing that kind of bad attitude from Tice, but he's um, wanting to get out, and it looks like the Pacers are interested in moving him since he played against um, the... Oh, he just played the other night. Yeah, I, I saw he got a couple minutes. Um, I mean, they weren't. We were getting blown out a little bit, but the Sixers. The, sure. I I, but, I could not remember. Yeah, the Seventy yeah. Sixers. I mean, Tice is. Uh, you know, he's in his prime. I mean, whatever that is. Um, I mean, of course, you'd want to play and get your last few years in the NBA uh, on a team that you can play. Um, I mean, he's been a professional about it, um, which is props to him. I was never really a fan of having him here. Um, but, I mean, he shows some good defensive uh, ability, which I guess could help out the Clippers. Um, I think that his role right now is just to be like a veteran, but I feel like at this point our team already has guys that are a little older. Um I guess Miles Turner would still no, be the so oldest, No, so McConnell right? and Heald are both 31, too. Oh, right. Yeah, so McConnell and Heald are, like, our veterans. Um, but I'd love to see, like, James Johnson come back. Like, James Johnson get George Hill back or something. But um, I thought, like, uh, James Johnson was a great vet for us last year. So, I mean, I guess that's the role that they want Tice to play right now. But... I mean, I'm all for trading him, even if we get a second round pick or like cash back. Hey, I'll I'll take that. Um, and then that's another roster spot where we can sign like Lance Stevenson. So, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. If he wants out, that's fine. We're not using him anyways. We have plenty of center depth. He actually played against the Bucks. That's what it was, uh, which was confusing to me because I I didn't know that Jalen Smith was out that game. So when Tice checked in. Before, or no, Isaiah Jackson checked in first, and then Tice checked in, and I thought, no, Jalen Smith tonight, this is weird, something like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we have, like I said, we have Turner, we have Jackson, we have Jalen Smith, and then even Obi Toppin and Jairus Walker, hopefully eventually too. So Tice is an afterthought, and I don't know, like maybe he is important to this locker room, but if he wants out, I say we do right by him and send him um, and if we only get some picks back for him, that's fine. I, I have some trades here that I will go over in a minute, um, that include him. But to me, like, I don't really know where his value is watching him against the Bucks. It wasn't great and he doesn't play. So I don't know what you can necessarily get for him. So I had to include other players in these trades. It's like a second round pick, I'd say. Is yeah, and I mean, point. I'm fine with trading him away and signing someone new. That would be great content. I mean, I was actually looking at best free agents available right now. Um, 
earlier, and I think like yeah. John Wall, Terrence Ross was up there. We've been talking about him for years, but I mean, there's oh yeah, not a lot yeah. of good Terrence Ross guys that we'd want to trade for. I do believe that Daniel Tyson Oladipo have the same salary number. If we wanted to maybe do a, a flip there. Ooh, flip them to the Rockets. Let's bring them back. I mean, the Rockets are doing okay right now. They they could probably go for some extra center depth. Um, but we can talk about all that down the road. I didn't get an Oladipo trade in here, but... Wasn't Daniel Tice a Rocket yeah, at one so. point as well? I swear he was on the Rockets yeah, we, for like we a can, year. Uh, quickly verify that. Let me, let me go to Daniel Tice. He played for the Celtics, Chicago, Houston... Back to the Celtics and then Indiana. Yeah, so he was part yeah, of the Aaron Neesmith, right. Malcolm Brogdon trade. Um, yeah, so I mean, other than these trades that we're going to talk about after this next section, then uh, or after this next section, I don't really have a hot take on Daniel Ties. I think let's trade him and maybe find someone in free agency that can, like, actually, you know, benefit the development of some of these younger guys that are playing the guard spot. Like maybe we do bring a George Hill and I don't know how he was for the locker room last year, but if we can get like a young guy who will invest in these players, that'd be awesome. So let's get Isaiah Thomas. That's all I'm saying. Let's go bring him in, bring him in. Let him mentor. I love John Wall. He's one of my favorite 2k players ever. Let's move on to the recent game results. So we're 6-4 and four right now, which we've already talked about. We're not going to go over every uh, game, all 10 of these games. But I picked out four that I wanted to talk about. Um, and if there's another one, I'm, I'm sure we can go through and talk about it, Sal, if you have any ideas. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, these are the four that are probably the most telling for the season so far for the Pacers. So I kind of just want to run through those. And let's start with the opening night, Pacers against the Wizards. This... I mean, opening night is always important because you have all these predictions about what the rotation is going to be. And oftentimes we have the correct predictions for what the rotation should be because it has been easy to predict in the past. But this year with all of the guys that we have on this roster, I mean, we have a really deep team. I was just curious to see what it was going to look like. Um, And it made immediate sense for the Pacers because only 10 guys played until the very end. So our starters obviously have been the same this entire year. It's been Tyrese Halliburton, Bruce Brown, Benedict Matherin, Miles Turner, and Obi Toppin. But then off the bench, the first guy off the bench was, uh, well, I think in this game, the first guy off the bench was Jalen Smith and then Aaron Neesmith. They didn't play the most minutes off the bench, but then we had... So that was surprising yeah. to me. Um, to me, it shows that, uh, well, it doesn't necessarily show much other than maybe Miles Turner just needed, or Obi Toppin needed a quick break, or they just wanted to stagger those minutes. But to me, I, I thought Aaron Neesmith coming off the bench first was important because um, he's kind of one of those players where I'm still waiting to see what he can be and like who knows what his potential is, but I just I didn't know what to expect necessarily. Um, and he's been great this year. So seeing him come off the bench first was like a good early sign for what he could be. Um, obviously, we don't 100% know yet, but the, the what he's shown us so far has been good. But then Buddy Heald came off the bench. Andrew Nimhard, we all predicted. Um, and then Isaiah Jackson played 11 minutes off the bench too. But that left TJ McConnell getting the um, last few minutes of the game. Jordan Wara, Ben Shepard, and Jairus Walker, who I... If you, I mean, I, I would have thought T.J. McConnell would get more minutes than six. I would have thought Jairus Walker would get more minutes than six. Um, so that was surprising to me. But we, we did walk away from this game. I haven't even talked about this. We walked away from this game winning 143 to 120. We whooped Washington. And it gave us a lot to be excited for this year. But then we really had to temper expectations because it is the Wizards. And they might be the worst team in the league this year. Yeah. Um like you said, McConnell, a bunch of guys didn't get minutes. McConnell apparently knows that. I don't know if you saw that thing, but Rick Carlisle apparently was crying when he was telling TJ that he wasn't going to be getting minutes this season. Um, apparently, like Rick was almost in tears when he was had to tell TJ that yeah. he wasn't part of the rotation. But um, I mean, TJ's a great. Uh, he's a he's a pacer for life. Um, 
And of course, he's praised Indiana his whole time being here, uh, especially with the birth of his uh, yeah. his son, I believe. So, um, yeah, no love TJ McConnell. I wouldn't want to trade him ever. But um, so, yeah, we won, had a big W, uh, you know, um, 20 points, 11 assists, two blocks, a steal, and three rebounds for Halliburton. Typical Halliburton game. Uh, I mean, plus the couple blocks is a bonus, but... Um, the real story for who showed out this game was Bruce Brown. Um, in his Pacers debut, he shot six for seven from three. Uh, and it was like this guy could not miss. Uh, the crowd was going wild. Um, and yeah, no, Bruce Brown, uh, he's been a fun, fun guy to have on the Pacers. Uh, love the cowboy outfits. He's bringing them to Indy. Um, yeah, he was fun. Yeah. Um, Andrew Nimhard had a double, double off the bench in this one too. So 12 points, 10 assists. This might have been his best game of the year. Um, we'll talk about him, I'm sure, in a little bit, too. Um, and speaking of T.J. McConnell, who knows, maybe he'll dig into some of these Andrew Nimhard minutes here soon um, because from what we've seen recently from Nimhard, it seems like T.J. McConnell might be the best player at the moment between the two. Yeah, he's probably better, but I'm playing Nimhard over him because Nimhard's got a lot of potential. A lot of people think that he might be the next... Uh, Jalen Brunson situation. Yeah, I mean, never know. definitely have the same kind of, like, tools coming out of college. And we're... Yeah, same kind of build, yeah, same Nimhard situation, Yeah, was immediately really. good. Second team all rookie last year. Um, but definitely is hitting his yeah. sophomore slump right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this first game was a ton of fun. We scored a lot of points. And uh, the only bummer about this was... Well, there might have been a few. Like, I would have liked to see... TJ McConnell and Jairus Walker, Ben Shepard and Jordan Wara. I would have liked to see them play more just so we can see, especially from the two young guys, like to see a little bit more of them. And TJ McConnell's one of my favorite Pacer players too. But to see Bilal Koulibaly, and you alluded to this earlier, to see him play as many minutes as he did against us, um, kinda kinda stunk because I know some people like that Bilal Koulibaly pick over Jairus Walker. Um so it it just would have been nice to showcase what we have. I think honestly, like at this point, like we're lacking that wing defender. Bilal could have been nice, but if we did keep Bilal, he wouldn't be getting any minutes. It would be the opposite situation. It would just be Bilal's not getting minutes instead of Jarris not getting minutes. So, like, you really think Rick Carlisle's going to play a guy that's 19 years old? Probably not. Um, so, I mean, it makes sense that we uh, took Jarris. Um, which I have zero regrets on. I'm excited to see him play, and I hopeful. I'm hopeful that um, he makes the rotation, and you know maybe he gets that start or not at some point. But um, yeah. yeah, no, it was a great game. Great way. Let's to move on kick to the next the one that I have here. So it was November first, Pacers versus Celtics. We lost by 51 points. It was 155 to 104. Uh, a lot of our starters. Well, we our stars only played 20 minutes each, basically, because it was such a blowout early. So they just took them, sat them down. So we got to see some like extended minutes from some of these other guys. Jairus Walker got 12. Ben Shepard got nearly 15. Um, Jordan Wara got 22 minutes, scored five points in those 22 minutes. And every time he touches the ball, I just assume he's going to shoot. Um, but, yeah, we got whooped in this one. And I am not giving full credit to Halliburton being out. But it definitely made a difference on this Pacers team. And you can tell because we only scored 104 points in this contest. And I, I really think if Halliburton is in with the Pacers in this game, it could be a different story. I mean, I don't know if we could beat the Celtics right now with this current roster and with what the Celtics have right now. But this was like that game where, you know, you watch and you think, man, we really need Halliburton in this one. Oh, I agree. The Pacers are a totally different team without Halliburton, and that's the biggest issue they have. They don't have a crutch to lean on when he's not in the game, and every single time they're playing without Halliburton, you're almost 90% sure they're going to lose. Um, so I had a, after they lost by 50 points, of course, you know, I live in Canada, so I have all my friends texting me saying that we lost by 50, and, you know, I try to say that Halliburton would have made the difference. I still think they would have lost, probably, but... It could have been a way closer game, and I don't think that they would have gotten yeah. another 50 points. Well, they had garbage hero um, um, Peyton Pritchard in. Yeah. He's the the garbage mom. Yeah. I, I yeah. Uh, was calling him Oscar the Grouch in my head during that game because 
He's the just the the garbage guy. That's that's how I think of him. If you if you want a lot of points, that's great. In that's garbage great. time, you you call on Peyton Pritchard, and I know the Celtics fans love Peyton Pritchard, and maybe he's good, but like I I don't know why they're hyping him up so much other than to try to sell him. But I I don't I I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the guy. But if you need points in garbage time, he is the guy. So Oscar the Grouch, Peyton Pritchard, right there. Um, we got to see O'Shea Brissett. Um, your your Canadian brother O'Shea Brissett, yeah, right, didn't it look right. great? But I mean, I think he was trying to help us out. He probably felt bad about the Pacers, his Pacers. Um, hey, he might win a ring this year. So, you know, it's you know. I'm not going to root for it. Um, That's something. Either am I, but definitely a silver either, lining. Um, and my number one yeah. bucket list guy for years on the Pacers has been Drew Holiday. So seeing him in Celtics green has been kind of tough. I was uh I was uh on the Instagram uh, promoting the idea of uh trading for him. I really like the fit there, but we we yeah. didn't get it done obviously. But Man, would help defensively for us this year. Um let's move on to the next one. This is when Victor Wembanyama and the Spurs came to town. Um the Pacers won this one 152 to 111, took us to 4 and 3 on the season. The uh Pacers looked great in this one. Obviously, I mean the Spurs have a lot to figure out. Um, but the Pacers came in, didn't buy into all the hype of Wimbanyama, which, I mean, he's taken his lumps right now as a rookie, um, and you can obviously see that it's going to work for him long-term as long as he stays healthy, but, I mean, the Pacers uh, handled this one early and were able to give good minutes to the backup guys, too, but the Pacers just looked great in this one, and it you know, was just another example of, how much the Pacers can score this season. And especially when like you think about where a lot of people have the Pacers at to start the season, as far as power rankings go, like we're clearly a tier uh, above the bottom feeding teams. And you can tell that from this wizards game that we opened the seasons with. um, And then the Spurs game too. So this is just like one of those classic ton of fun games, but it was the most points a Popovich team ever allowed against, um, which we scored 152, like I had said. And I might be wrong, but is it the most points a Pacers team has ever scored, too, in a game? Or something like that. It's probably close. I saw something about that. Um, Ooh, I saw another random fact, totally different. But um, apparently in the last five seasons, um, the stat is like uh, most players with... um, 15 plus assists and zero turnovers in a game like how many times they've done that in the past five years Tyrese Halliburton has five Chris Paul has four and then I don't think anyone else has so um yeah super yeah, fun. fun fact he's on the, he's on I the Chris it. Paul trajectory taller yeah. taller Chris Paul that's awesome yeah um I almost went to this game one of my buddies out here is a Spurs fan we talked about going um backed out last minute i had to work the next morning and uh was okay with that decision but it it probably would have been fun to go to i didn't think it would be like this but yeah uh good one for the pacers let's move on to the fourth and final one that i wanted to talk about today which is the pacers versus the bucks and when the pacers play the bucks it's usually like a day where i just don't watch basketball i want nothing to do with pacer bucks game yeah I agree with we, you. Yeah, we always we talk about, about this, this before. You know, oftentimes we'll play the Bucks and then turn the game off at halftime because it's not a fun game. It, it never has been. The Bucks don't look great this year. Um, There's no Dame in that game right. versus us. Figured that. Yeah, I mean, if we're using the um, Halliburton, um, like messed us up against the Celtics, then we can definitely say Dame messed up the Bucks against the Pacers. But I mean, Giannis had a hero. Night, he scored 54 points, was unstoppable. Our paint defense is the worst in the league. So um, it was pretty obvious that he was going to go over on points that night. But uh, Pacers just played good team basketball. We had 29 from Halliburton and 10 assists, 26 from Ben. Uh, Miles had 21 points and did nothing on defense. But we had Buddy Heald, Andrew Nimhard. Um, I don't know about that because I saw that. Didn't Brooke Lopez have like two points I mean, in one rebound? Yeah, I or guess. Something? But like when he was switching on to other Pacers, like he just wasn't doing much, anyways. 
Yeah, no, obviously. Yeah, I guess, but, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, no, it was a good game, though. Usually when game. Giannis has that many points, I just blame it on Miles. That's true, yeah. I mean, he's the guy that's guarding yeah, him if for he's the getting most in the part, paint, so. Like, you'd like to see a little bit of defense. But also, yeah. Giannis yeah. is kind of unstoppable in a lot of ways. And Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like the Joel Embiid. Yeah, like the uh, tier, you know, the different, tier different below style, like Andre but, Drummond. Yeah. yeah, but right there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that yeah, we stuff, uh yeah. we won this game though, one twenty six to one twenty four. We uh were up one twenty six to one twenty one, but Middleton hit a buzzer beater three to lose by two to the Pacers. So uh it was close, but not two points close. Um I don't even know if is that even that big of a difference, two points or five points? Probably not. Um Yeah, no. so uh fun game. We had to fight back to win this one, but uh, definitely showed the grit that the Pacers have this year, um, at least on offense. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, speaking of 50-point games, uh, I already talked about how Miles Turner can't handle Embiid, but we let Tyrese Maxey drop 50 on us yesterday. Um, that was uh, really something. Um, he's He's been pretty stellar this season. Uh, He's still not the best Tyrese in the NBA, but um, you know he might be making a uh, a little debate come in the All Star game. But I still think Halloran's a lock to start, especially because it's in Indiana. But um, I think Maxi could also make the, or at this rate he's going to make the team. Um, but uh, Tyrese has been just as good in a different way. So um, it's not it's not very common you'll see a guy averaging 12 no. assists. Well, I so. mean, Halberton still had a great game against the Sixers, 25.17 assists. Yeah. Um, yeah. and also, and like yeah, no turnovers, right? Yeah. No turnovers. He's, he's turnovers, on a really so. good streak right now of no turnovers, but, um, well, obviously 17 assists in his last game, no turnovers that helps. But, uh, yeah, Maxi yeah. took 32 shots. He hit 20 of them. So good percentage, but he only had three free throws and he had 50 points. That's just, I mean, to give someone 32 shots yeah. in a game, that's crazy. But if you're not getting at least 50, if you're getting 32 shots, then you probably don't belong, right? So, uh, unless, well, I guess I was going to say, unless like I'm shooting 32 shots in the NBA, I prob- I'm probably not scoring 50, but I also probably don't belong in the NBA. Although there's still time. I'm not like too old yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would have hoped that Bruce Brown would have done a better job at guarding him especially because that's probably the guy we're going to look to um, whenever we're playing against a really good guard. It's probably going to be Bruce Brown's responsibility to try and stop him. So didn't do the best job at it uh, against Maxi, but hopefully he'll... Uh, I still am a fan of Bruce so far. So Yeah, I mean, across yeah. the board, like Batum, I like Batum as a player, but to even allow him to have nine points or... Tobias Harris, who's having a good season, he had 18 against us. Joel Embiid had 37. That's expected if Miles Turner's guarding him like we've been hammering home this whole podcast. But, um, yeah, I mean, they just – the Sixers did whatever they want. And, I mean, Nick Nurse is a good coach, and I really like this 76ers team right now without Harden. Um, let's – oh, actually, real quick. So, my kid is three years old now, uh, my oldest, uh, and we call – Bruce Brown, we call him our cousin Bruce because same last name. So he knows him as our cousin Bruce. But um, I'm currently in the basement. We're recording late. Kids are asleep upstairs. So I'm in the basement right now. It's like a, it's a f- old, like old cellar. So not like a finished basement or anything. But uh, we have a couple of kids basketball hoops down here. So I set them up with my oldest kid the other day. And he loves this show. I, I'm and I promise I'm getting to the point here soon. But he loves the show called The Wild Kratts. And it's these two brothers who will like touch an animal and get that animal power. So like if they touch a tiger, they get tiger power. Um and it's one of his favorite things. He actually broke his arm with cheetah power um this year and he was just running too fast, tripped over his feet. But you know, cheetahs are fast, so he had to run. Anyway. We were playing basketball down here, and I gave him a Reggie Miller basketball card and was telling him, I mean, you know, what every Indiana dad or every Pacer dad has to tell their kid. Like, Reggie Miller's the greatest player to ever play in Indiana. He's the greatest shooter of all time. You could argue that he's the best basketball player of all time. So I'm telling him all that uh, propaganda, I guess. Um, Although, if you ask me to my face if I believe that, I'll, I'll say yes, just... 
you know, because there's a certain level of buy-in to being a Pacers fan, and that's, you know, one of the things. Anyway, so we were playing basketball, and he was missing his shot, so we went over to the Reggie Miller card, and he touched it, and he said, activate Reggie Miller power. And he was shooting, and he looked at me, he goes, Dad, that worked. <laughs> so he's he's a believer. It's his favorite yeah, player. Awesome. He kept the card out. It's on his drawers right now. Um, he didn't want to put it away, so he kept that one card out, and... Uh, I got a little Reggie Miller fan out here at the moment. So I, I yeah, it was, a, it was a proud That's dad, sweet. proud Pacer fan moment for sure. Oh yeah. And who knows? Like, look, I probably would have made the NBA if coach had played me more. Like, you know how politics goes. Exactly. But, you know, exactly. If you if, didn't have that knee yeah, problem, you know, well, it's a lot of groin, a lot of groin problem. Like, I just had that <laughs> groin that just, you know, that groin problem that wouldn't quit. Uh, yeah, and Coach yeah, maybe recognized yeah. that. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah, but if I, I still would have played through it, you know, like, it's that Indiana grit. But who knows, maybe maybe Koa's, yeah, my kid exactly. Koa, maybe he's the answer. Maybe he'll be uh, the first one in my family to make the NBA. So definitely going to put a lot of hope into that. Um. Let's move on to the current Pacers power rankings. This is one of our favorite segments that we do, Sal. Um, and I say segment loosely because we we haven't recorded a podcast in a long time. But when we were recording more consistently, um, this was one of our favorite segments. So let's kind of go through that and rules. So I only have a list of the guys that have played a minute for us. I don't know if you included like Isaiah Wong or uh, Oscar Tshibwe or Kendall Brown my cousin Kendall. Um, but I didn't include him. If you want me to include him, I can give you an order real quick. Um, but I just have 15 guys here. Is that, is that what your list looks like? Yeah. I'm kind of just going off the top of the dome here. So I'll probably, I've probably got a rough idea in my head. I feel like it's been pretty similar since I've, uh, since last year at least. So, um, yeah, I mean, should we go, how do you want to, how do you want well, to present okay, so, our uh, things here? Well, I can... Uh, I mean, I do have a pretty definitive list here. Um, I guess maybe there's some room for argument, but we can just kind of go top to bottom um, and <clears throat> start with... I mean, obviously, number one. Let's just let's just go number one because that's the most obvious one. Um, number one, I have Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. Most Yeah, most impactful player, obviously, on the Pacers. Um He's one of the most impactful players for a team in the NBA and just having one of those superstar seasons. And, you know, like the Pacers, we have found some good superstars in the past, but we haven't had a superstar that makes the team better like this. And it's just like a unique, fun experience as a Pacers fan this year um, to have like an elite playmaking point guard. I mean, he's already the greatest point guard in Pacers history. Has yeah, to be at this yeah, point. He is. I mean, if you're if you're using the term point guard, like, yeah, he's number one. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've had guys that have played longer. When you think about, like, greatest Pacers of all time, like, Miles Turner gets a bump because he's been here so long. But as far as greatest point guards, like, Tyrese is on that starting five for Pacers basketball all time. Like, if yeah. you have to have a point guard, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he's an obvious number one right here. Um, number two, I have Benedict Matherin. And, and we're going by like your favorites or best. This is okay. So this is my current power rankings. This is like factoring in the whole season, but I'm like basing a lot of this off of where the team stands right now, um, and like how I feel about these players at the moment. Okay. Okay. If that makes sense, yeah. That's that's the rules I want to talk about. So like, I have Benedict Mathurin at two. Like, if you're looking at the season as a whole, like you could argue he's down the list a little bit. Um, I, I actually did struggle putting him here or Miles here because Miles is having a really good offensive year. Um, but I ultimately, you know, picked Benedict here. I've, I've, I'm sure I'm speaking for other people when I say this, but I've caught some glimpses of Oladipo in his game. Um, he's still young, still figuring it out, but uh, I'm liking what I see so far. Um, and especially in these past few games, uh, he's just kind of looked like the real deal to me. Yeah, no, Benedict's been great. I'd probably put him at two or three. Um, I think our two or three and uh, our two and three is probably Turner and Benedict, right? Yeah. So, yep. Either or, I, I like Benedict, so maybe I'll give him the edge. I'd say 
our issues are more centered around Turner right now, so I'll give Benedict the nod. Yeah. Yeah. Our issues have been centered around Turner for eight years. Poor yeah. Guy. Yeah. Sadly. And he knows that we talk about him this way. So yeah, he knows. Man, it stinks. Um, hey, but I've already said he's top twenty all time for Pacers. So hey, way to hang in there, Miles. He is. Um, and then are we gonna say our fourth? Then? Let's let's do it. Do you wanna do you wanna say it or do you want me to go? I'll probably go with uh, Big Bruce. Okay. Sweet. Um, I like Bruce Brown. I like what I've seen from him this year. He's a uh, he's kind of taken the buddy healed role a little bit, but with a little more playmaking. Um. I mean, man, Buddy Heald was great last season. I kind of feel bad for him. Maybe I think we're probably going to deal him at the deadline to get something from him, but um, or maybe not. But um, yeah, I like I like Bruce there, and then I'd probably go with Buddy right after him. Spoiler alert! But um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So our lists are way different. Um, uh, I do think we deal him. Um. And I think, I mean, we'll probably have to, like, change up the minutes for other guys because, you know, Jairus Walker has to be a priority at this point to get minutes. Um, and if we can package Buddy Heald... Oh, I didn't even go over these trades. I'll, I'll, I'll end with it. <laughs> I have five trades. I totally skipped over it. But, um, yeah, Buddy, uh, I think, definitely has to get flipped this year. But, I mean, he has been... When he, like, is hitting his threes off the bench... It's been a really solid second unit, um, so I think that's a good spot for him. I actually have him pretty far down the list at the moment, um, but I just I've been a little lower on him, and probably has some to do with like me tying some money to his three pointers made. So uh, not blaming it all on me losing some money because of him, but partially. At number four, I actually have Aaron Neesmith here. Um, I've I guess I'm the biggest Aaron Neesmith fan between me and you. Um, but I, I have him as four. It just feels like he's the guy off the bench for us. Um, he scores in bunches at times and is just a solid player. Expectations for what he could be and then how he's performing now is drastic. Like, you got to love what you see from him. And I'm just excited for his future. Sure. And then who would your five be? So I have Jalen Smith at five. Love Jalen Smith wow, this year. Okay. I know. I bumped him okay. up high. I still, I mean, like I have Bruce Brown at six, so I didn't bump him down too far. But yeah, Jalen Smith at five. Love what he brings to the team and his efficiency is through the roof. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that leaves us with, uh, what, six now? Yeah. So I have Bruce Brown there. So who do you have at six? Okay. I'll go with, I'll go with me, Smith. Cool. Um, yeah, I liked like I said, I love his grit. I love the way he plays basketball. Um, he's probably one of our hard, one of our hard nosed defenders that we have. Um, shoots the ball well. He can play in clutch time, um, and he's gonna shoot the ball confidence every time. So, um, yeah, nothing nothing too bad to say about him. Yes, uh, seven. I have Buddy Healed. We've already talked about him. Uh, who do you have at seven? Um. I'll go with uh, I'll go with uh, Jalen Smith for this season. Yeah, been fun um, for the same reasons you said. I mean, he's getting rebounds. He's playing probably probably a little better than he was uh, last season. Um, I mean, last season he was getting DNPs towards the end. So yeah, um, I've loved what I've seen from him. Um, he, he's definitely important to this team in a way that we didn't necessarily expect. Yeah, no, he's been. It was an unexpected. Uh, thing to see him getting uh, significant time like he is now, um, and then after Jalen Smith, I'd probably go uh, Nemhard um, because I mean I don't think he's had the fairest chances this season, um, so I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt there. But um, I know what he can be, and um, I'm hopeful that he'll get out of his little like slump that he's having to maybe get him back into like a solidified role. Um, but maybe that's partly Bruce Brown being here. So, um, yeah, I'd say Andrew's next for me. Yeah. Um, I'm totally reacting to Nimhard the past few games, like being pretty mediocre and then his shooting splits have been really bad this year. So I actually have him pretty low. We'll we'll talk about it when we get there and it's, who knows, it, it, it could be a overreaction, but, uh, right now at eight, I have Obi Toppin. Um, just, I mean, I, I don't really have anything bad to say about him. I don't really have much great to say about him either. He's just like a guy that's filling in for us in a spot where like Jairus Walker will be that guy 
soon. But Obi Toppin's been good in the role that we've asked him to play. Yeah, I'll go with the exact same. Uh, I'll go with Obi next, and for the exact same reason, it's essentially just because he's getting minutes. But uh, I would like to see a little more defensive uh, prowess at the four. Yeah. Uh, I have Isaiah Jackson and then TJ McConnell as my next two. Um, For my next two, I would probably do the exact same order then. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I'll go with Jairus after them. Okay, I think you skipped a guy. Maybe. Did I? No, 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 never mind, never mind. So yeah, oh. Isaiah Jackson, um, love his minutes off the bench when he does play. Um, and... Uh, I mean, if Jalen Smith wasn't there, Isaiah Jackson would have a huge role in this team. But um, from what we've seen, I mean, he's a tall body, can roll and protect the rim. And I just, I like him as a player. I think he's active and a ton of fun. TJ McConnell at 10. I actually have him over Andrew Nimhart here, um, at, who I have at 11. And I know that's crazy, but I just haven't liked what I've seen from Nimhart this year other than maybe like game one. Um but it's just, like, if you're asking me in a vacuum who the best player is, TJ McConnell or Andrew Nimhard, to me it's pretty easy that it's TJ McConnell at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd trust him more. But, I mean, if you need shooting, you're probably going with Nimhard. Um, yeah, but, I mean, also, I don't know, right? Maybe. Maybe it's just a slump and, like, this isn't yeah. who he is. But it's... Yeah. Like, I mean, TJ McConnell never really does shoot. We saw him hit plenty of threes last year when he needed to. Um, yeah, we But he's did. not a shooter. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Nimhard's not really shooting well this season. So I, I actually have him low. My expectations are that he'll be better. But at this moment, I just feel like TJ McConnell is a better answer for that backup point guard spot for the Pacers than Nimhard. Sure, with if the, we want with, to compete more, then yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's all with the hope of things changing and Nimhard getting more opportunity. But I also do love McConnell on this team. Yeah. So uh, yeah. if he if he loses his minutes, I would love to see him go to a different team and get opportunity there. But, uh, yeah, I have him at 10 at the moment, Andrew Nimhard 11. And then, I mean, Doesn't I guess... Doesn't really matter from yeah, this point yeah, out. Yeah, the but. last four. It's Jairus Walker for me, but then... Uh, Wara, Shepard, Tice. I go Shepard and Wara, Tice. Um, also, uh, crazy. I don't know if you saw Oscar. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say. I'm just going to say. I'm just going to say Big O. Yeah. Um, but you see his game that he had in the G League. No. His first game in the G League. I think he had 33 and 23. Unbelievable. Most rebounds in G League history. And apparently he went and asked the coach of the Mad Ants what the rebounding record was before he played his first game. And when he told him it was like 20-something, like early, or like, um, yeah, early 20s, uh, Oscar said that he was going to break it, and he did. I think he had like 15 offensive rebounds, so um, maybe he's the uh, guy. I think he's going to get a call up pretty soon, so um, we might see some minutes from him. Uh, I mean, but who like do we? He's a rebounding menace. Like, I mean, he's only like six foot nine or ten, but he's a big body. Um, so I'm. He played at Kentucky, right over here. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I have a ton of Kentucky Wildcats fans who were just sick of him this last year while he really? was there. Yeah, he was. I think he was being a little selfish on the season. Okay. Um, but he was Player of the Year the year before. And, okay. Um, honestly, probably should have left then, but I think he. Yeah, I I think they had a big loss in the uh, tournament and probably just wanted to redeem that a little bit. And then they had a bad year last year. So sure, yeah. But I mean, clearly can rebound and is good with putbacks, and that's what he's always been good at. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think if there's an injury, yeah, you got to call him up. I just I, I don't think. I mean, he's a good player, but I just don't, don't necessarily think I'd play need him over. that position right now. But yeah, um, I think it might happen at some point. I guess you um, have to reward him if he's playing really well like that. Yeah, give a guy a night off and let him come in. Yeah. But I mean, also the yeah. Pacers are trying to win every game this year too. So that's true. Who knows? Um, love it. Love that you are high on him. Um, yeah. Do we have time to do these mock trades? Um, can maybe run through a couple. I guess I, I should also, real quick. Yeah, yeah because, I just wanted to point out, I don't know if you know this, but 
Apparently, Jim Boylan is an assistant coach for us right now. Oh. Bulls legend, Jim Boylan. Interesting. Um, I'm just looking at the Pacers app, and I'm looking at coaches, and Jim Boylan is there, and I was a little surprised. Yeah, okay, I, I didn't put that together. I knew he was on the uh, coaching staff. I totally forgot he was the Bulls coach. Yeah. Yeah, uh, fun coaching staff when you look at it. Uh, <laughs> let's. So I have five. I'll kind of run through them quickly, but okay. the big idea was to get Tice out of there because I know he's not health or happy. Um, sure. And then I thought, you know, while we're at it, why not just pair Buddy Heald and TJ McConnell with him when we can? Okay. Just see where that goes. So this yeah. first one is a three-teamer. Um, I put a lot of effort into this. So okay. the Heat in this trade get Daniel Tice and TJ McConnell, yeah. which is about $15 million, and that's important for who we get back, who they desperately want to get rid of. Um, the Magic here would get Buddy Heald, give him some shooting. The Magic just can't shoot. And Buddy Heald, I think, just elevates them to a new level. They drafted that Michigan kid. Um, Jawan, yeah, Jawan Howard's kid. Uh, yeah, Jet Howard. Yeah, yeah, to shoot. And, I mean, I don't even know if he's played this year, but it was like a dumb pick, but they were just desperate for shooting. Um, it was a little bit of a reach, I've heard. Yes. So, I think, I mean, they they know that their need is shooting. So, I, I have Buddy Heald going to the Magic. And then I have the Pacers getting a first from the Magic, a second from the Heat, um jonathan isaac from the magic and that's important because Ooh, i, I kind of like that yeah love his defensive prowess he's uh very religious which i think would go over a lot better in indiana than it would in orlando florida with the locker room and yeah. then uh yeah duncan robinson to the pacers from Ooh, miami i was uh when duncan torched us in the playoffs I was, uh, that was one of the guys I wanted to see in a Pacers jersey at some point. Interesting. Yeah. So his contract's still like pretty tough, but honestly, it's not that bad with, if you look at the rest of this Pacers roster. So he's 18 million a year for the next three years. And then Isaac, 17 million a year for the next two years. He hasn't like proven that he can stay healthy throughout his career and has like had long stretches where he's off. But essentially, we get Robinson, Isaac, uh, 25 Denver first from Orlando. So not, like expected to be a great pick or anything and then a 2026 second from la and you know say what you want about second round picks um but you know sometimes we hit those andrew nimhard for example i guess i've already yeah right i'm talking about that right after i just kind of bashed him but yeah we lose tyson mcconnell to the heat and lose buddy to the magic but i think we get better in this trade i'd maybe be a little hesitant to grab duncan because that's three years but um honestly like Tice is on his last year. Buddy's on his last year. I'd probably want to trade for something that's a little, that's like going to expire soon as well. Because, hey, um, this offseason, there's a bunch of free agents out there. Um, maybe we bring back uh, Mr. Paul. I don't know how you feel about that. But, uh, hey, apparently Tyrese can probably get him back in. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say no. So hey, that's that's all I got. Paul say. George, Turner, <laughs> and Hallie. Yeah. Crazy team. All right. Here's a three teamer. Um, I'll kind of breeze through these. This gets Jonathan Isaac to the Pacers. That's all we get. We send Daniel Tice and Obi Toppin to the Clippers. Um, and then the Magic get Norman Powell. So I think if the Clippers make any trade, Norman Powell probably has to be included with how much he's making. Um, I know they like him, but he's also 30, I think. So um I, I I think it's okay in the grand scheme of things if they let him go to address some needs right now to try to get back on track because this team's just failing. And, it, you know, if they get Daniel Tice, that's what they're looking for, but then they also get Obi Toppin in this. But then we get that defensive power forward in Jonathan Isaac, and I'm really trying to pair him with Miles Turner here because I think that could maybe be the answer, but definitely help. Yeah, Thoughts? I mean, um, Jonathan Isaac hasn't really played over 20 minutes at all in the past year um so it's a little uh suspect but it would definitely help our uh our issues with defense this next the least yeah uh this that i mean i think so i'm who knows like i said he hasn't shown that he can necessarily stay healthy and as pacer fans we've been annoyed by that kind of player in the past malcolm brockton for example but you know, like if we can unlock him and Tyrese Halliburton will definitely make him better as the pacer. 
But I mean, who knows? Maybe that's that's the type of guy that you want to pair with Turner. This next one is Pacers Bulls, just a two teamer. So healed, Tice, two seconds, and Aaron Neesmith to the Bulls. And we get back DeMar DeRozan for one year. Kind of like a prove it type of thing. I love DeMar DeRozan as a player. I'm a huge fan of him uh, in any of his interviews or any of his like ad spots. Just love him as a guy. I don't know him personally, so I don't want to speak on who he is as a person. But just from the outside looking in, love him. And I, like I've said before, he gets elevated with Halliburton. So who knows? Maybe this could be the like the next step up for him, but he's already an uh, an elite scorer. And I think this trade would be awesome for the Pacers. I don't know how the rotation would work if that's the case. Um, DeMar would be interesting. That'd be fun. I'd be watching every Pacers game. Yeah, I mean, it definitely sells tickets too to have DeMar DeRozan there. So I I like that one. I I would love to bring DeMar DeRozan. I'd love to do like some kind of three-teamer, four-teamer where we also get Kyle Lowry because the Lowry-DeRozan pairing is just a ton of fun. But also Lowry would be great for Nimhard's development and Halliburton's continued development. So yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll work on one there, but love Lowry and love DeRozan. But that one gets DeRozan there. This next one, um, second to last one, I'll, I'll kind of breeze through these, but this one sends Buddy Heald, Daniel Tice, TJ McConnell, and a first to the Raptors. And you can probably guess who I'm going to get back here, but getting a power forward here that we definitely need. Um, and that's Pascal Siakam. Probably looking at this right now, probably would have to flip like maybe an Obi Toppin instead of one of these guys and maybe keep a first and flip that to a second or something because we would definitely have like an embarrassment of riches at big man. But um, Pascal Siakam would be a ton of fun as a creator on offense and a solid defender who I think would just slide into that four spot and help Miles Turner in a lot of ways. Do you like that one? I know I know you're a low-key Raptors fan. Uh, I don't know about low-key or at all, but um, I'd, uh, Pascal would be a good addition to the squad for sure. Yeah. Final one. I, sh- I should have done this one first because it's the least exciting, but Buddy Heal, TJ McConnell to the Heat. We get Kyle Lowry, Nikola Jovic, and a 29 first. Like I'd I said, like Jovic. I'd like Jovic. Yeah, we, we get a little potential play there as a big guy, and then I already mentioned it with Lowry. I kind of blew this spot, but yeah, Lowry as you know a guy that can help us win right now, but also uh, help these younger guys continue to develop. You know, as a perennial All Star that he he has been, um, like that's super important for these young guys and their development. It can be. I mean, he seems like a great guy too. So love that one, but we would lose McConnell and Heald for Lowry and Jovic, and that could go down as a bad trade. So those are the five. Any of those stand out to you? Um, I like the Demar one and the Pascal. It's a little ambitious, but uh, interesting for sure. I would like to see maybe a bigger deal go down at the deadline, something where we do get a star player. But um, yeah, I kind of like where we're at for now. Yeah, the Pacers kind of remind me of that like 2012 Nuggets team that like had just or maybe 2013 that had just sent Carmelo to the Knicks and then they just had all these young guys they didn't have that like superstar like we do in Halliburton but they have like all these guys across the board and it's just like too much and you got to do something with this because like you can't play 13 guys every night it just doesn't make sense so I, I think something has to happen and hopefully it will I mean we'll we'll continue to do these trade these mock trades as we do this podcast but I mean, that's an all-Pacers staple. But, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe the Pacers will make a move. Maybe they won't, but we definitely have the pieces to do so. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, man, let's let's wrap this up. So if you guys are listening still at this point, like, heck yeah, thank you for listening. Thanks for supporting this podcast. If, if this is your first time listening, welcome. If you've been listening for, gosh, man, it might even be going on five years at this point, but if you've been listening from the beginning – um, we know who you are, and we're we're grateful for you. So shout out! But we'll continue to try to get this thing pumping out. I know things have changed over the years, but me and Sal have like a new renewed joy of this 
Pacers team or because of this Pacers team, but also like we're just excited for the podcast potential going forward. Um, so continue to follow along. If you haven't already subscribed, do so. Like this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Um, leave us a review too. Send it to us. We'll give you a shout out on the next podcast. But anyway, Sal, I hope you have a great rest of your week and go Pacers. Yeah, let's go. says, you want me, Joel Embiid? Come get it, because I'm going to give it to you. Are you kidding me? Sabonis brought it to him.